Are you ready to kick that nine to five to the curb and start working for yourself? Maybe you have the drive and motivation to do some really big things in life and you're ready to see how it can go for you. Then becoming a solopreneur might be right up your alley. There's plenty of benefits to becoming a solopreneur. And in this episode 58 of the Uncompromising Entrepreneur Podcast, Devon and I are going to give you four benefits of being a solopreneur. Look, uh, what does it take for you to be great? Keep it a hundred, bro, you know the answer. Pursuing your purpose, creating profits, building legacy. Anything less, how could you even fathom? Just sit back and imagine all that can truly happen when you pursue your passions. Yeah. So eliminate distractions and get back to that action. That's the law of attraction. You gotta build a team to build a dream. Family, faith, and focus counsel can only build a king. Are you prepared to reign? Cause whether you weather the weather, the weather won't change. Uh. Whether you weather the weather, your weather won't change. Uh. Say true to the vision. Say true to the mission. Gotta get to the finish. Take a moment to listen. And come and see it through our eyes. We'll show you what it means to live uncompromised. We're uncompromised. 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 Welcome to the Uncompromising Entrepreneur Podcast presented to you by the UncompromisingCoaches.com. Do you have an entrepreneurial spirit? Are you constantly thinking about how you can create value and build new businesses? Maybe you're trying to find innovative ways of doing business to replace old, outdated ones. And you are looking to regain your entrepreneurial spirit so that you can pursue purpose, create profits, and build a legacy then this show is here for you. I am Jimmy Gonzalez Jr. and I am joined by my co-host, Devon Watts Jr. What's going on, entrepreneurs? Devon Watts Jr. aka Stefan Jobs. <laughs> aka Stefan Jobs, yes. We will we will get into that in a minute. Uh, if you are a loyal listener or if you're new, we appreciate you spending some time with us and investing some time truly uh, in this podcast to learn more about really what it means to be an uncompromising entrepreneur. Uh, but please feel free to rate and review this podcast. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, we'd love for you to like this video and subscribe to the channel as well. And then share with another entrepreneur that you know will definitely most certainly benefit from this content because we are coming in hot. So, Stefan Jobs, uh, we've been having some <laughs> some technical difficulties. It's just been one of those days. So, talk to me. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I, you know, all you got to do, you got to laugh sometimes. So, yeah, we've had a little tech difficulties. I'm not necessarily pertaining to to the pod of today's episode, but just my setup and mm -hmm. internet and all this other stuff. And you know, I've had to spend some time figuring it out. Um, spending some time 
putting kind of the final touches on getting uh, what we've been building, the Uncompromising Coaching app mm-hmm. in app stores. Um, I know some of our listeners, this may be the first time you're hearing about it. Don't worry, it won't be the last. There's a hint drop, and then we're going to leave that real quick. But working on that stuff and as far as, like, encryption keys and all this other stuff. And so, yeah, man, I just feel like I've been – you know, I've been in, I'm, you know, I'm the black Steve Jobs, I'm Stefan Jobs uh, <laughs> <laughs> here uh, recently. But aside from that, man, I'm in, um, I think honestly, it's just in general, like, I, you know, uh, what is it Denzel said, uh, uh, not Denzel, uh, Dion says, Dion says, if you know, if you look good, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. And if you play good, they pay good. Uh, and so I haven't, I don't, I haven't uh, been feeling good because I haven't necessarily been looking good. I've been going through that rough stage before I get a cut, but I'm getting cut up tomorrow. That'll help get me right. Help get me right. I'll be, you know, uh, feeling myself. And then uh, we're gonna link up uh, in person tomorrow. Yes. Yes. Uh, between you know you and I, uh, you're gonna come down here down south, and then we gonna link up with our boy Rico. So that should be a good time. So once all that happens, again, I'll be looking good. I'll feel good. Feel good. I'll play good, even though. I still play good. It don't matter. I'm a gamer. Uh, <laughs> and then obviously for us, when we play good uh, for our uncompromising entrepreneur leader, uh, listeners, uh, you guys pay good um, in the form of paying back with your attention, with listening, with engaging, with hopefully signing up for consultations and joining in on what we're building with the uncompromising coaching group. So, yeah, man, I'll, I'll be straight. I'm excited to pop. What about you, man? How you feeling? I'm good. I mean, hey, hey, what? Hey. <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw my homeboy, my brother, Jazz, Mr. John Gray, this morning. So uh, the beard is tight. This is uh, for mm-hmm. any of our um, power fans out there. This is my ghost look when I, when I grow the beard out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I got tightened up this morning, so I'm feeling good about that. And congratulations to my boy Jazz. Um, he's a grandfather. His his, uh, wow. yeah, his daughter just gave birth, uh, like I think last Wednesday or Thursday. So just super awesome, happy man. for him, and um, you know, continuing to, to kind of see blessing. Not what's super close, but close enough, God willing, in, in my future. Uh, but happy for him and the family, and, and for his daughter and his grandbaby, and. Um, so yeah, so I'm feeling good, man. Then I went to the gym this afternoon. Um, felt much better than I did on Monday because that was just, oh, I felt like I was going down Monday. It was horrible. Um, <laughs> but today was much better. Uh, my performance was better. I felt strong. Uh, we were doing shoulder press. I don't want to diverge too much, but for any of our fitness fanatics out there, doing some strict press and some push press and, you know, mm. bow the shoulders. That's my hey. thing. So <laughs> yeah. um, that is some of my favorite movement. So I felt good, uh, feeling good now, ready to pod. Uh, yeah, and just ready to, to really launch this, this next series um, where we start talking about solopreneur success and, and, you know, what that means and just providing tips and strategies and even tools for our folks out there who – uh, find themselves in that space of being a solopreneur. So, uh, so I'm excited about that. Definitely excited about seeing you and Rico, and then seeing my son. I'm better to uh, chop it up with Christian as well and, and spend some time with him. And this is not a sports podcast, but I think we would be remiss if we did not mention that I'm also, and I know you are as well, super excited about the weekend that is in front of us. Yes, it's Labor Day weekend, but with that comes college football. Yes. yes. 
And then all was right with the world. With the world. Exactly. So The only time it makes sense. The only time it makes sense is, <laughs> yes, <laughs> is beginning Labor Day weekend. Uh, so super, super, a lot of things to, to be happy and excited about. You know, there's a lot of challenges and struggles still out there with folks and in the world. And um, I'm just thankful uh, and, you know, feeling blessed about where we're at. But, you know, very keen on, on other people's situations and what's going on. So humbled. Uh, at the same time, especially even some of our, our brothers, um, you know, we've been very happy with uh, the progress that we've been seeing with the fellas in the alpha test in that particular group. And, um, you know, life, life, it is what it is, right? It throws you challenges and it throws you, throws you curveballs. Uh, and when you're looking to, to start a business as an entrepreneur, solopreneur, like, again, sometimes there's just going to be things that happen in life that uh, will try to, to deter you from that. Um, so, yeah, Amen. so you're just helping, you know, it's, in, in any shape or form that we can be is just providing support uh, as well as tactics and strategy and the coaching that we're providing, but just being a support for our brothers that may find themselves in that situation as well. So, um, so all that to be said, like I'm ready to go again, we come in hot, uh, launching this new series, uh, solopreneur success. And as I mentioned in the intro, really what we want to do today is, is just break down. What is it? I feel like it's a relatively new term, like over the last maybe a few years or so. So what, what does it really mean to be a solopreneur? We'll talk a little bit about how that differs from being an entrepreneur. And then we want to make sure that we provide our uncompromising entrepreneurs out there for benefits of being a solopreneur. So I'm ready to go. I know Devon, a.k.a. Leadership Docent, a.k.a. Stefan Jobs, <laughs> is, is ready to go as well. I think, like you said, it's timely that we kind of talk about this because you're right. The the whole concept of a solopreneur is, um, you know, kind of recent language or nomenclature mm -hmm. to kind of identify or kind of talk about that person who is uh, maybe grinding, maybe building out their business, maybe they're a freelancer, but they have no aspirations of building a team. So let's start off with just kind of defining what is a solopreneur and then really getting into how does it differ from being an entrepreneur. The The simplest way I can explain it is that a solopreneur is anyone who sets up and they run their business completely on their own. Mm -hmm. uh, like I mentioned, a lot of times you're talking about like freelancers, um, you're talking about um, you know maybe folks who are some type of like content creator. Um, you know, we talked about jazz. We've talked about Henry Barbers, folks who are kind of in that space <clears throat> where you're responsible for building your own clientele, marketing, but you don't have a team that you either run or you manage. You truly are a solopreneur uh, at the end of the day. And you may have a few people that you potentially collaborate with. But you're the one that's really taking all of the risk yourself with running the business, um, building out the business, securing clientele, the whole nine. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that you and I kind of talked about, I think it's important for our uncompromising entrepreneur audience to, to, to note is that solo being a solopreneur can actually be a transitional step to becoming an entrepreneur. Um, we've obviously been exposed to that quite a bit with different clients that we've had the opportunity to work with or speak with or partner with where the grand vision is I'm building this team. I'm building out this, this broader business. Mm -hmm. 
But until I get to that point of monetizing, monetization, or getting kind of my, my ducks in a row where I can bring on the team and start building towards this bigger vision, I, can, I need to start monetizing my skill set today. Right. How can I how can I use the skill sets I already have at my my disposal to fund my bigger enterprise that I'm in the process of building? Like a great example, we just we just did the NBA series. Hopefully you guys uh, listened to our last NBA series with Luis Diaz, Mm -hmm. uh, who is the owner of Podcast Domination. He specializes in podcast scaling and content creation marketing. And in our conversation with Lewis, one of the things that came to light was he initially got into this space as a solopreneur, just literally running the podcast like startup and scaling for different clients. He was doing all that work himself and he used those relationships and he used monetizing that skill set to then fund the additional education, the additional uh, master classes, certifications that he needed to, to build the foundation for his broader business, which became a podcast and content creation consulting firm, where now he's not necessarily, you know, the one, you know, opening up the Podbean account right, for you, but he's consulting with these content creators and these folks that have podcasts on what they can do in order to scale. And so his story is not unique. A lot of our entrepreneurs out there that are listening, maybe you find yourself right now um, saying, well, hey, I got a side hustle. <clears throat> I know eventually I want to make it a business, mm-hmm. but I don't have things ready yet to make it a business. So what do I do? Well, the answer is start with being a solopreneur. Monetize your skill set today. And there's a bunch of different ways you can do that. We'll get we'll break that down in another episode. But at the at the core of it, that's really what a solopreneur is. It's somebody who is running every facet of their business themselves and taking on the complete risk. Yeah, when I think of, you know, as you, you mentioned kind of the difference between a solopreneur and an entrepreneur, the the entrepreneur is more likely to to manage others and delegate and like you said really building a team and having employees as a solopreneur that doesn't mean that you don't have other uh people and partnerships that you may be utilizing to help manage some of the aspects of your business right so like you may be having somebody who is an accountant for you uh you may have a virtual assistant but you don't have actual employees uh for the most part again the solopreneur is really handling many if not all of these different aspects of the business um and again, you may be partnering with, when I say partnering, you may be collaborating with other individuals to get ideas and to help you with certain aspects, but you are running the business. You own the business. You don't have actual partners like you and myself. Uh, and again, you're not looking to, to manage other people uh, and possibly delegate to them, which again is, is typically what entrepreneurs start to do as they, they really start to grow out that, uh, that business itself. Yeah, like you said, then you start adding on um, people with very niche skill sets Mm -hmm. to handle certain things for you. And your job is to manage um, them staying on top, like the broader vision and them staying on top of their part to drive that vision forward. Where literally a solopreneur may be the one that's, you know, pulling up the balance sheet and doing the accounting themselves. And the only time they get a second pair of eyes involved is like around tax season Mm -hmm. to make sure that their eyes are dotted and their T's are crossed. Um, or they're the one that's doing the sourcing and they're the one that's doing the marketing. So I think there's a lot, honestly, I think there's a lot of folks that whether they know it or not, 
they operate, and that's why, because why we've mentioned this before, but this adds more clear color to it. Um, there's a lot of folks that operate as if they are solopreneurs, but call themselves entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Like they like they think that they're entrepreneurs, and maybe that's ultimately what you aspire to do. But your actions, in terms of man, how do you manage the business? How do you manage the the different facets of the business? The risk is really you're you're operating as a solopreneur. Um, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but again, if you did desire to be an entrepreneur, you eventually have to build a team. And that's why we keep talking about that when we talk about being an entrepreneur, being an uncompromising entrepreneur. It's very focused on that component of it, of how do you build a team? How do you build your business to the point where you don't have to be operator anymore? You can mm-hmm. be owner. And a lot of solopreneurs wear the hat of owner operator. Yeah. I think of uh, Robert Kiyosaki and the four quadrants of cash flow. So I, I, I also kind of think of a solopreneur as somebody who is who is self-employed, right? So you're not working for anybody else. You're working for yourself. Uh, but depending on, on the product or services that you offer, you know, you're still tied, right, to the clients that you're working with. Um, mm-hmm. The cool thing, though, is that you, you still have the opportunity, again, depending on that space that you're in, uh, to put processes in place to still help your business run, you know, basically like clockwork, uh, to make some of the aspects of running your business that much easier for you, saving yourself time in, in the process. You know, so you mentioned like barbers, I think about, you mentioned freelancers. Uh, we know a few um, freelancers that are instructional designers, you know, from a content creation perspective and, and that learning and development space. I think of coaches, you know, we know a lot of life coaches as well. Uh, and those individuals would be considered a solopreneur, right? Again, they don't have any employees. They have their own business. They have all the different aspects as far as their uh, their website is concerned. Maybe they have funnels for marketing. They have their payment system set up. Maybe they have their own courses that they have built out as well. And again, all of that runs very smoothly uh, with the process they have set up. But again, they don't have any employees or anybody that they really have to manage. Um, so, you know, when we think about most solopreneurs, they're not necessarily looking to to build up this this huge or this big empire. They really want to work for themselves. Uh, they like to make a good paycheck, uh, and there is definitely money to be made out there as a, a solopreneur and somebody that would fall into this particular category. But they want their their business to still be manageable enough so that they can make the majority of the decisions their own. Uh, or maybe they truly enjoy as well. Uh, the the opportunity to control their own time, right? And to be able to work from anywhere, work where, whenever they want. Uh, once you start building a business where you have employees and you start to scale to that, uh, to that magnitude and to that level, it, it becomes a little bit trickier, right? Uh, unless now you may be having managers. Um, so using the, the example of a barber, maybe I'm a barber and I have my own clientele as opposed to I'm a barber, but uh, I also own the barber shop, right? And maybe I'm stepping away from cutting hair and now I have, you know, maybe five chairs in this in this retail spot and I'm renting out those chairs to mm-hmm. other barbers, right? So I'm managing the process, maybe I'm managing the, the marketing and making sure that we have people coming in uh, and now I'm just running the business. Again, that is, you know, some different examples uh, of really what we mean between being a solopreneur and being an entrepreneur. I would imagine at this point, right, like some of the folks that are listening, like maybe you're at the point where you're like, all right, I know I got this skill set. I know I got this side hustle. 
Um, I hear you guys. You're talking about monetizing. You all have been running your mouth about the importance of, you know, starting your business. You know, the time is now. I've listened to all of the cold, cold brewing combos. So I'm there with you. But I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur. But this, the solopreneur concept that you're that you're mentioning does resonate a lot more with me. But I need to understand the benefit of it, like the value of it. And so when we really take a step back and you start to assess the benefits of being a solopreneur, there's really like four that, that, that stand out that are distinct. Now, obviously there's probably some additional ones, mm-hmm. but the, the ones that immediately come to mind and we'll start with is first and foremost is that as a solopreneur, you are in control. Like a lot of the folks, uh, a lot of the, the examples we provided that our solopreneurs are again freelancers, folks that rec- that depend on client. They can control their their book of business. So you pick what opportunities you decide to do. Mm-hmm. You're making that decision, right? Um, if I have somebody who's reaching out to me for web related services, hey, I need somebody to make a website for me, and I'm I know how to do that. I can make you a website, um, a retail website from soup to nuts, end to end, in four hours. Um, including, um, you know, personalized bios, photos, um, <clears throat> you know, carts, the whole nine. I can do that in four hours. Um, and so now I have folks that are reaching out to me because maybe I've set up on one of these marketplaces where I can advertise that, hey, I have this skill set mm-hmm. um, and I can I can do this task for you. I get to determine what my book of business is going to be. I can determine the opportunities that align with what I want to do or what I don't want to do. Maybe I have clients that are a little bit too difficult. Um, <clears throat> so I say, hey, you know what? That doesn't interest me. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So you, you, ha- you have the flexibility of control. The other thing is when it comes to making decisions around your business, like we get it. Sometimes it can be challenging to, in certain instances, um, it can be challenging to navigate having to make decisions collectively around things. Um, you know, fortunately for us, you know, we have the experience of, you know, rapport and relationship and the passion for entrepreneurship and business. And so, um, you know, we kind of have the right, you know, ingredients to make this gumbo work, mm-hmm. but it's not lost on us that there are other folks, you know, we've, we've gone through it even ourselves where we've, you know, attempted this with other individuals And the challenges of trying to make decisions in those instances with other folks where maybe you don't see eye to eye, right? And so, yeah, having the benefit of being a solopreneur means you don't have to navigate that. The decision, you know, lives and stops with you, right? As as, um, one of our famous former presidents, right? The the buck stops with me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you you have that that benefit of the additional uh, control. Uh, and obviously, you know, I love that you mentioned like a lot of folks are self-employed because, you know, this control is really what most, you know, non-self-employed individuals do not get to enjoy on their regular job, their regular nine to five. Mm-hmm. This freedom is honestly what entices a lot of folks um, to look to become a solopreneur, to be able to gain more freedom, not just over their money, but more importantly, over their time. Um <clears throat> And so that's the first real benefit of uh, being a solopreneur is, you know, the ability to exercise that control fully on that control when it comes to your money, when it comes to your time, when it comes to your book of business, um, as you are um, you know, monetizing your your skill sets. Yeah, you just had me think of something. And, and, you know, I just 
this the title of this podcast is uh, the uncompromising entrepreneur, right? So I know our listeners and our our viewers out there, our audience, uh, you are doing everything that you can to execute with excellence uh, on your business and the products and services that you provide. Uh, I just a a word of caution again, because and I'll explain the the example that I heard this morning. As a solopreneur, you are in control. Don't. I, I encourage and implore you, don't take advantage of that in the sense that now it starts to affect your customer service and it affects the customers themselves, right? So the example I'm talking about, I was at the barbershop this morning. Uh, there was another gentleman in there who's going to get uh, cut up, but he, he was also going to be going someplace else to get his hair braided. Uh, and, you know, they were talking about he was supposed to be there at a particular time, uh, but this this lady, she's like always late and always running behind. And he was like, you know, I to me, being on time is being early. But he says, even if I'm late, I'm still early for her, right? And then she'll get there and then starts like eating food or something like that. And I've just seen a number of situations where again this this solopreneur they they take advantage and, and and that whole aspect of i'm in control and i'm in control of my time they take it to the extreme where it's it's not the it's not the best experience, experience. that you're creating for your your customers and hopefully that you know they're not just customers like this is your community like this is your tribe right and these are the people that you're looking to to help uh, spread that that positive word of mouth so that hopefully you know, maybe you feel like, hey, I'm good. I don't need any other clients. But as time progresses, like you're going to want to have new people coming in, right? So, um, again, I know our uncompromising entrepreneurs and solopreneurs out there are not conducting themselves and their business in that way. Um, but that example was just in my mind as you were saying that from this morning okay. that, you know, people just they take advantage, man. So and it's just not it's not a good thing to do so. Um, so number one was that you are in control. Number two and this is kind of a little segue from the example I just gave is that you get to make all the decisions. Um, it is, it's, it's, um, interesting that you mentioned, you know, kind of our situation. Cause I was thinking about that too. Um, we do have the benefit of just this, our past, this rock solid, uh, friendship and brotherhood that we have. And our personalities are, are, there's definitely differences, but there's enough similarities that it makes, the the decision making process easier um mm -hmm. but hey as we continue to grow this thing and, and it continues to pop off i'm sure there's going to be times where you know we may butt heads or just like you know we're not necessarily agreeing and we're going to have to work through that well as a solopreneur you get to make all the decisions you don't have to butt heads you don't have to worry about any of that and i think folks that find themselves in that in that space may feel like that's like one of the best things about being a solopreneur is that you are the only person in charge of this business so you get to make all of the big decisions uh, all of the small decisions uh now if you're bad at making decisions right maybe you're a little indecisive then um there might be some business arrangements that you may need to look into to, to kind of help yourself along. Uh, but again, for those that who do not want to answer to anyone, being a solopreneur may be a great option for you. Um, I appreciate the fact, though, that uh, not just that we get to share, because if you're you're making all the decisions, right, you have to live with those decisions. And not that it's about blame, but it's knowing that, hey, like we share that responsibility and that accountability for the decisions that we make uh, as a solopreneur. It's all on you. 
they're great decisions, fantastic. If they're not so great decisions, or maybe they could have been more effective, again, you're going to have to take the brunt of that. That responsibility and any negative, possible negative consequences that may come of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, <clears throat> like you said, it's definitely not about, about blame in, in, by any stretch of the imagination. But when you aspire to build something big, you have to be able to build a big vision mm -hmm. and the opportunity to partner with somebody who has a different perspective, but a similar passion. Yes. Right. Different perspective, but a similar passion allows us to collaborate and create something that that was grander than what any of us could conceive individually. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously that works for us because we came into this thing with a very clear vision of being entrepreneurs and yeah, the the way I like to think about it is, you know, if you're firmly committed to being a solopreneur, you're likely building out a business for yourself where you own everything, but you're not going to turn it over to somebody like you're not going to this is not going to be something you pass down. Yeah. Usually it's a very a very niche skill that you've been able to master. And unless your child decides to be an instructional designer, too, and you want to, you know, like pass over your book of business, <clears throat> Um, you're probably, you know, that business is probably going to start and end with you in terms of whenever you decide to exit, where if you're built, you're looking to be an entrepreneur, like, you know, um, us as an example, yeah, we're the ones that are owner operators right now with the plan, the long-term plan of just being owners. That means mastering this, um, coaching methodology, bringing on other sort of excuse me, certified coaches, certifying them ourselves, showing them how to manage the book of business, showing them and then going out and having them execute on the playbook that we've refined and mastered over mm -hmm. our time grinding and doing this thing. Right. <clears throat> uh, and so uh, with that, again, if you're a solopreneur, you're, you're making all the decisions that uh, that shape what that um, business, that that individual business, that solopreneur venture really looks like. Uh, the other thing I think about, <clears throat> excuse me, with that too, because I, I know some of our listeners out there saying, "Well, hey, you told me I can I can be a solopreneur on the path to being an entrepreneur, um, like find a way to monetize the skill set I have now, and then take take those, you know, that that revenue, take that money, and reinvest it into building out my what I'm building as an entrepreneur." Um, and you absolutely can. I think the other real benefit here, not just about decision making, uh, but kind of tied into that is it allows you to refine as a future entrepreneur the your processes. Like it's almost like you're it's like an incubator as mm. a solo solopreneur. Right. Because I've done this myself and kind of like what we're even experiencing a little bit here where. We're refining our processes. We're refining our, our methodology. We're refining our expectations. We're refining our, our marketing t tips and tricks and strategies. We're doing all of that as an incubator, knowing that when we start to put together a team, they're going to get the benefit of our experimentation and then being able to pass that on. So for our uh, solopreneurs that are working towards entrepreneurship, Look at what you're doing as that as well. It's not just monetizing the skill set you have now until you can get the money up to get your LLC and build your website and do all of this other stuff and build this brand and build a team. This is also an incubator for mm -hmm. you. I know a couple of entrepreneurs that have, you know, for example, they started off starting a cleaning business. 
where they were the owner or the operator. That means they were booking clients, showing up to people's houses, putting on the gloves and doing the work themselves. And through that process, they refined their cleaning um, process. They refined their um, contracts document and documentation. They, ref they refined their e-commerce site, their marketing. And then they took that and then they got to a point where now, okay, I can, I can hire technicians, cleaning technicians. Now, I don't clean the property. I do the walkthroughs and make sure things are getting done, but mm -hmm. I have people who clean properties. And because I've mastered my process and I've been able to scale a cleaning business from me putting on the gloves to now, you know, me having te technicians, now I can also build out a parallel business of consulting with other folks that desire to build a cleaning business and selling them my processes and my methodologies. So there's a lot of power in the decision-making process, not not just as a solopreneur, if you say, hey, I don't want to have to deal with other personalities and I want to like own 100% of the decisions, right? The buck stops with me. Um, but there's also the benefit of being able to make decisions around your business, refining your processes and experimentation, using that as an incubator to set yourself up for a seamless transition. I say seamless with quotation marks because there's nothing seamless about building out a business, but um but a smoother transition into mm -hmm. entrepreneurship because you have the benefit of all these things that you've learned as a um, as a solopreneur. Um, honestly, it's the same thing that makes you know um, some really really great or um, you know um, experienced you know players become effective coaches because they've gone through that grind and they have this years of experience that they can leverage when they get into a position to coach and to help others to say, hey, let me show the processes that have worked for me, um, right? And so uh, I would just really encourage our solopreneurs as you go on this journey, like don't just revel in the power, quote unquote, the power that comes with the decision making, but the potential that comes with the decision making, what that means for refining your processes and potentially setting yourself up for entrepreneurial success if you aspire to turn the solo venture into an entrepreneurial endeavor as you transition from owner-operator to just owner. Facts. The, I just want to, to circle back because I, I really appreciate the, the example that you gave uh, about you know the person who, who starts this cleaning business and they're the only one. Because uh, prior to that, I was thinking about a couple of gentlemen that uh, I know, one that still owns and one that owned uh, their own lawn maintenance business, right? So it was just them. So there's, mm -hmm. if you find the right persons, and one did this, he sold his lawn maintenance business. Again, he sold the book of business, the equipment, the contracts, and stuff like that. Um, so there, depending on on the type of business that you're in, there there are opportunities to to sell that off, uh, even as a a solopreneur. Um, and I think the one thing too, you know, you may have employees. Right. Because I'm thinking about, again, the example that you gave and now I'm hiring technicians with the processes that you have in place and being able to have all of those things established. It's going to make it easier for them to make some um, some maybe less impactful decisions throughout the day. But essentially, you know, you're still making all of the decisions for the mm -hmm. business itself. Right. Because you are the owner operator of that business as opposed to having a partner or maybe now you have a manager that is, is managing those decisions, then you know, you're starting to relinquish some of the, the responsibility and the control. Um, but again, the, the good thing about that, right, is that now, now you're starting to scale in a different way, especially if you're gonna say, okay, I'm taking this experience and now I'm gonna start coaching people as well. 
you may be very passionate about lawn maintenance or you know um you know what you're able to do in in um, helping people and cleaning homes and doing those type of things uh so now I have an opportunity to teach other people how to do this and start this their business yeah. themselves. And now I'm really my impact right continues to grow because I'm able to do those things with the expertise uh, and all of the the processes and and procedures you know that you mentioned uh, being able to build up as time progresses. So um, really cool when you you know again you just kind of start to think of all of these different aspects and avenues that a person can can venture down uh, should they choose to. The next benefit might be one of the biggest things that people really, really appreciate <laughs> about being a solopreneur. So number three is just the fact that you get to keep the profits. It's just you, right? So solopreneurs often, they don't have the same costs as other businesses. So we're talking about being a freelance, um, you know, designer, instructional designer, or if you're a graphic designer, thinking about being a coach. Especially these days, you know, again, with with how everything is primarily virtual, uh, you don't have to have an office. You can coach people virtually um, as a graphic designer. Again, you can find yourself um, with your own website or um, being on one of these other sites, you know, where you can advertise your services. So these are all things that you can do very easily. And again, because of that, the, the fact that the cost is so low, uh, you're able to even bring in more profit and keep all of that because it's just you. Uh, so you don't no rent, no employees, um, no payroll taxes. You don't have to worry about benefits. All of those things, again, uh, are things that are not on your plate. So all of that profit is coming into your pocket. Yeah, like as a solopreneur, <clears throat> you know, a, lo a lot of these these um, you know opportunities come down to uh, mo like finding ways to monetize your sunk costs. And like mm -hmm. when we talk about like sunk costs, what we're essentially saying, if if you guys aren't familiar with that term, is this is the cost of running your business or being a solopreneur that would exist whether you had one client or a hundred clients. Um, and so that's what makes it attractive for like from a profit perspective, because once I, for example, right, um, I'm a content creator, you know, um, maybe I build websites, you know, graphic design or whatever the case may be, but the cost of my computer is paid. Like once I buy the computer, I bought the computer. Mm -hmm. Once I've bought the software, whether it's Photoshop, Canva, whatever the case may be, I bought the software. The cost to use the computer or the software does not change whether I have zero clients or if I get 100 clients. So my cost of doing business is sunk. And so if I can get more clients and you know leverage what I've already paid for mm -hmm. to generate revenue, now I'm building up my profit base. Under, uh, unlike um, you know maybe as an entrepreneur, you know maybe I'm in a retail space. And so as I sell more product, that also means that my cost is going up um, in parallel uh, to some extent because I still have to secure goods. I still have to handle shipping. I still have to, you know, um, now that I have to, you know, now that I'm scaling, now I have to invest additional money in marketing costs. And so now you have this variable cost that you have to balance um, as an entrepreneur at times that um, depending on what's going on in the, the marketplace, you know, that equation, that part of the equation could change. And very quickly, the algebra, the calculus changes what your profit intake looks like. Mm -hmm. um, if, you know, the cost of my team is, 
the cost of my team and they're on a fixed rate, it doesn't matter if we sell one shirt or if we sell 100 shirts, I still got to pay them their salary. It doesn't matter if um, we deal with supply chain issues and now I have to find a new supplier, a new vendor, and the new vendor is, you know, costing me five cents more per item. Like, I don't, I can't change anything in terms of my people's pay. I still have to pay them their salary, right? And so you have those added complexities um, at times as an entrepreneur, depending mm-hmm. on what business you're in, um, where that profit equation just looks a little bit different. And for some folks, maybe you just don't have an appetite to, to, to deal with that yet. Um, you know, maybe you're not at the space where you feel like, all right, um, you know, I'm established, I'm good, and now I'm ready to build something out and bring on a team and, you know, take on the responsibility that comes with entrepreneurship and building a team. And so I just want to do my solopreneur thing. I want to, um, you know, I want to, you know, take my $500 set of um, clippers, you know, and just, you know, uh, personal grooming items and get as many people in my chair as possible so that I reap back the cost of um, cost of my chair and the cost of my, my items mm-hmm. and everything after that. It's going into my pocket. You don't go have to go nowhere else. And maybe that's what's really attractive to you. So um, that's actually part of the reason why, you know, knowing that, knowing that a lot of times as a solopreneur, when you're doing solopreneur type activities where you can accelerate your profit intake, for lack of a better term, um, we encourage folks that are looking to become entrepreneurs to transition that way because that's a really good way to fund your business not just start fund, funding, building out your business, but also starting to build your brand mm-hmm. and building your reputation because people know, all right, um, this person is, you know, good with clippers or good with bra- you know, braiding, they're good with websites or good with uh, building out and scaling podcasts. And now that they've gotten to the point where they've monetized enough, they already have an established brand reputation and a track record or a portfolio of, hey, I've done all this work. And now... I've taught other people how to do it so I can I can replicate this model and have people do it in multiple places or with multiple clients. And now it's a business and I don't have to physically do these things myself because I taught people my system Mm -hmm. Um, and that system has credibility based off of the work that I did. Now you're in a different position to scale your business as an entrepreneur. So um, there's just a lot of benefits um, from a from a profit perspective. So I can completely get it why you know people will be attracted to uh, that third benefit of being a solopreneur. That's why it is so important to kiss it, keep it simple and systematic. Mm. You know, I think about people that we've met, that we've had conversations with, and. You know, sometimes they're afraid to take the business to the next level because they feel like the business is me, Um, which has me thinking about uh, market research and uh, week two that we had the fellas in. Um, You are not the business like you should be working in the business and hopefully getting yourself to a spot where you're working on the business. But you don't want to really get to a point where you are the business. And if you're not doing this work, nothing else can, can be done, right? Uh, so I think about the gentleman that I met when we took the trip to New York and, and did the tours. Um, but maybe that's the spot that you're in and you're so passionate about what you do. But the point I really wanted to make is that if if you don't set up processes, it's going to make it that much more challenging to to hire somebody, even if it's just a, a virtual assistant, 
right, to handle some of those processes because you don't have anything written down, you don't have anything uh, diagrammed out or just captured on how you're taking those steps. If you want to to possibly sell it, even in the future, having all of those profits is going to make it. Excuse me, processes is going to make it even that much more compelling to uh, a potential owner buyer uh, looking at you know securing that business from you. Uh, and it's just the efficiency that comes as well with having your processes and procedures in place uh, and and knowing the steps that you're going to take for certain tasks to get them done and, again, get them done efficiently, um, which, again, that leads very well into our last benefit. Uh, we're giving you four benefits of being a solopreneur. Uh, the fourth one is the fact that you can outsource. Like, again, yes. you don't have to have paid employees but you can outsource. While most of the work of the solopreneur business is done by the individual, there are some things that come up that you, maybe you're not knowledgeable about or you realize, getting back to 80-20, you can go back and check out one of those videos uh, on our YouTube channel as well. It's how do I make sure I'm focusing on the 20% of the task that are going to get me 80% 80 of the results in my business. If it doesn't fall into that 20%, then maybe it's something that I can give uh, an outsource to someone else so that they can get those tasks done for me. Um, things are going to get in the way. Life gets in the way. And sometimes all of these different things that you're trying to do will make it a little bit more challenging. So, again, it's super possible, especially nowadays, to be able to outsource some of that work. Uh, we've been talking about being a freelancer. So maybe that's not the type of solopreneur you are. Uh, but you need a a logo you know you need somebody to do the website yeah i can learn about um you know maybe wordpress and, and stuff like that but there's people that you can go to to be able to outsource that work so you don't have to worry about it yourself and also you may be super intelligent yeah you can watch videos you can google stuff and learn but allow the experts to be the experts in what they do. And then again, you focus on the 20% that are really going to get you the 80% of results that you're looking for in your business. No, well said, man. Like we've talked about this before, but our most valuable resource uh, as a solopreneur and entrepreneur is our time. Yes. And so, um, yeah, I can invest the time in figuring out how to do this, but that's taking away time from the other areas I've already mastered. Mm -hmm. And so, do I want to spend 60 hours figuring out WordPress or do I want to pay somebody who's figured out how to do it in four hours from end to end? What is that? What is my net gain? What is my net gain? Because we talk about profit. Mm -hmm. And so don't just think of profit in terms of money in your pocket, but also take that same thought process and methodology towards time. All right, so what does my profit pick up in terms of time in that situation? Well, I would have took me 60 hours to figure it out myself. Somebody did it uh, in four, so I picked up 56 hours of productivity. What can I do mm -hmm. playing in my space for just 56 hours? What does that mean, right, for my business, for you know my brand, the whole nine? Uh, the other thing I, I love, too, about outsourcing, um, kind of going back to the theme of time being our most valuable resource and the skill sets that we've developed is I don't know at what point we've gotten away from this, but I, I want to remind our entrepreneurs, our solopreneurs out there that bartering is a viable way mm. to get services done. Mm. If I know that Jimmy is SEO marketing guru. He knows how to market effectively in order to drive awareness and to drive traffic. 
but Jimmy does not have the maybe the graphic design chops that I've developed in terms of website design and logo design. Why wouldn't I offer up my services and website and local design in exchange for his services and marketing? And I've outsourced an area that's not an area of expertise for me. He's outsourced an area that's not an ex- area of expertise for him to myself. We've gotten the profit of the net benefit of time um, because we're focused on the areas that we're masters in that only take us four, five, six hours to, to execute on. And we're not spending 60, 70 hours trying to learn how to do something else. Um, and I was able to do so without um, dipping into my monetary profit of having to pay for the service and vice versa. It was a mutually beneficial relationship. If you listen to our last uh, podcast episode, our NBA series with <clears throat> with Lewis, he actually um, talks about this and hints at it where some of his early relationships in terms of getting established as um, you know somebody who has a proven process for building and scaling podcasts, he was doing it for free mm-hmm. with the exchange, with the barter of you have a large you have a large audience of individuals that um, you know, you have email access to in terms of your email list. You've 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 mastered your click funnel. I don't have a click funnel. I don't. I I would have to learn how to build my funnel out. I can instead of spending sixty hours figuring out my funnel, I can spend five hours building your podcast infrastructure, which you don't have, and it would take you you know maybe two weeks to figure out how to do. I can do for you in six hours, and you can give me the benefit of your your click funnel. And we both benefit mutually from the relationship. Mm-hmm. So um, when we think about outsourcing, it's not just about how you can leverage outsourcing in order to get things done um, that you may not necessarily be an expert in. But it's also about how do you leverage outsourcing to um, you know, build, uh, build your business, to build your reputation, to build your brand, to start to barter or do other work leveraging your skill sets because there's a value on it like keep in mind like we've been we keep coming back to this theme of monetizing your skill set mm-hmm. right that's a way to monetize it yeah they may not cut a 400 dollars check for you to do the website well that's fine because they gave you 400 dollars worth of services in an area that you're not an expert in that's going to pay dividends tenfold on what you've been trying to build as a solopreneur um, and so we just, I just really wanted to make sure that like I stress that and pass that word on, um, about the true benefits of, uh, outsourcing as a solopreneur, uh, and the challenge are solopreneurs or entrepreneurs out there that are listening to think about that relationship just a little bit differently. Um, don't let the fact that you don't have $400, $300, $200 for service, you know, prevent you from reaching out, engaging. And if you know, that's important for your business. Going down the path of exploring, how do you get it done? You just have to be creative in your thinking about, well, what do I have to offer? I don't have $200 cash, but I have $200 of knowledge and skill set mm-hmm. and expertise in this space that you don't, and I can help you out, and we can be it can be mutually beneficial. Yeah, so powerful, um, just that ability to network. Uh, I like what you said about bartering and, and what I'm excited about with the uh, the gentleman in our alpha test as well as we get to, to the next week or so is um, really taking a look at, um, you know, those those partnerships that you have with other individuals. So it's not necessarily bartering, but those joint ventures, you know, where like you said, 
you have a list, you know, you have this, you know, a thousand, two thousand, five thousand people, you know, on your email list, and I want to get, you know, my ebook or this free offer that I have in front of them. Uh, and again, being able to set up those partnerships that allow you to, like you mentioned, grow your business, get in front of other audiences, uh, and scale in different ways when you have those joint ventures, not a partnership. Right. But these joint ventures that you have that allow you to to really take advantage of that uh, and, again, continue to grow and scale your business as as you move forward. Uh, so for our uncompromising entrepreneurs, again, these were just some of the benefits that you can enjoy when it comes to being a solopreneur. Now, with the right mindset and a great idea and time management, but I'm really I'm, tr I'm starting to get away from kind of that term, not necessarily time management, but behavior management and discipline management with those things on your side. You can become your own boss and you can enjoy all of the benefits, the four that we just mentioned and all the other additional benefits of being a solopreneur. Uh, so we definitely hope that this was uh, beneficial to you and that you got something out of it. Uh, again, for our uncompromising entrepreneurs out there, and we just thank you for, for listening and for uh, investing time with us, whether you're listening or you're watching. Uh, again, please show us some love, comment, like, and share. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can always go to uncompromisingcoaches.com. Uh, if you would like to email us or set up a consultation, you would be able to do so uh, via our website. Again, for our gentlemen out there, you can always connect with us uh, within the our Facebook group, the Uncompromising Entrepreneurs, plural group. Uh, and of course, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and our YouTube channel at the Uncompromising Entrepreneur Podcast. Uh, so we are just getting started, ladies and gentlemen, with solopreneur success in this next, uh, again, series of podcast episodes that we're going to be doing through the month of September. Uh, be on the lookout for the next episode, which is going to be episode 59. Uh, Devon was mentioning side hustle a, a couple of times within this conversation in this episode. So we're going to give you four tips for turning that side hustle into a solopreneur business uh, and help you out if that is what you're looking to do uh, in the near future. So again, be on the lookout for that. Thank you again for uh, for listening, for watching. Uh, hopefully you enjoy this episode's edutainment uh, as I broke some things down with my partner, my homeboy, Stefan Jobs. <laughs> yeah, Stefan Jobs, and then with your fresh cut, uh, your your ghost from power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the, the Spanish ghost. Uh, the Spanish so ghost, yes. Oh, so you've uh, fantismo or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Puerto Rican ghost. There we go. Uh, so we thank y'all. We appreciate you guys so much. Again, until next time, God bless y'all. Stay encouraged. You have just listened to the Uncompromising Entrepreneur Podcast, hosted by Jimmy Gonzalez and Yvonne Watts. Thank you, and we hope that you pursue your passion, create profits, and build a legacy. Until next time, y'all.